Hello and welcome back. I am Katie Shepard and this is the AHA Homeschool Podcast. Last week, if you listened along with us, I talked a little bit about setting big picture goals for your family. Thinking through that question when your kids graduate, what are the things you wish to have accomplished during your time educating them at home? And so I talked through the the four or the three or four that my family has chosen in an effort to help you sort of think um, think a little bit bigger than maybe what, what we would normally think. And then um, at the very end of that episode, I, I discussed how everything we choose to do within our homeschool, the curriculum, the co-ops, the activities, all the things that we choose to do need to always point back to those goals. And when we have those goals, um, written down. We have those goals established for our home and for our family and for our schooling. Then it really does make it easier to, to say yes or no to activities, right? And if activity comes along that, well, let's say this, a lot of the times when you're homeschooling, the activities and co-ops and the curriculums, all the things that come along a lot of them are really fabulous things. And it, they are. There's just a lot of really fabulous opportunities and activities, and co-ops and people and curriculum. There's lots of fabulous things. But just because it's a really good, strong Christian co-op, doesn't mean it's the best fit for your family. And so that's where those goals come in is they kind of help you pray through new opportunities and run it through that filter of those goals and helps you kind of make a decision as to what is going to point your family back to those goals that, that you have established for your family. So hopefully you have thought about those goals a little bit. Uh, maybe even written some down, hopefully prayed through them with your husband and on your own and maybe even your kids if they're old enough. And hopefully you've kind of really just started to think about that. And um, as I said last week, know that you're not locked into those. And if you're in a stage of little littles, there is a good chance some of those goals might shift or morph a little bit as your children get older. So know that you're not there, there's nothing that's locking you into those things. They're just, they're there to serve as sort of a foundation for your homeschool and, and guideposts for when it comes to picking things out. So once you have a vision for your homeschool and what you, what you imagine it being like with having everybody home, and once you've talked through those big picture goals and written some down for your family, then you can start really looking at curriculum with a critical eye. And I've, I've said this before, it is very tempting to buy all the curriculum. I like, I love curriculum. It's all, most of it, a lot of it, maybe not all, but a lot of it is really fantastic. And you start to look through in the books are beautiful and the information. You're like, this is so cool. And then you make a list of everything you want and you're like, okay, wait a minute. We, we couldn't even cover this. Like, you know, 
we couldn't even cover this in an eight hour day <laughs> because there's just too much and, and we can't cover everything, but we can, we can work to find what's a good fit for our family. So a couple things, specific things about curriculum. Remember that it is your job to teach your child. You're not teaching the curriculum. Teach the child, not the curriculum. And so by that, I mean, we have, um, we have a science curriculum, my boys and I did this year, and they loved the content. The content was very good. Some of the work that came along from the content wasn't the best fit for my boys. We came up with different ways to uh, do some of the demonstrations or hands-on activities that were a better fit for them. So I didn't force them to do, to like check off everything that went with each lesson, but we did do something that was similar most of the time. So you, you need to be teaching the child, not the curriculum. The people who write the curriculum are very good, but the one thing they don't have that you do have is that you know your child. The second biggest thing about curriculum, and this kind of goes along with that first piece that I was talking about, is that curriculum is a tool, not a rule. That's really important to just always keep in the front of your mind. Curriculum is a tool. It's not a rule. My twins, my 10-year-old twins, we uh, got an apologetics curriculum this year to go through with them. And it was just sort of a, an elective for us. We didn't necessarily have time to fit it in every day. Now, because we do try to keep our school day to like two to two and a half hours. And um, really, they're just very active and they're they're active learners and they learn a lot by being on the go. So I try not to overwhelm their day with like book work. So um, we took this curriculum when I got it. It was designed for like a 36-week school year. And I believe you're supposed to do it like four or five days a week. Um. Most curriculums, as a side note here, most curriculums, when you get them, come with basically a schedule as to how to follow them. So they'll tell you like, okay, you need to do this curriculum five days a week and here's what you do Monday and here's what you do Tuesday and here's what you do Wednesday and here's what you do Thursday, which is great. I think, I think honestly, a lot of us need that. We need it like laid out, right? We need some sort of idea of like where to start and where to go and how much to do each day and especially when you're first starting. I think that's super helpful to kind of follow that along. And then you sort of start to get the rhythm and flow of your family. So back to this apologetics curriculum, it was designed for like a 36 week school year. And like I said, like four or five days a week. And that just wasn't the best fit for us this past school year. So we did it once or twice a week and we're going to spread it out over the course of two years. We're gonna take basically two years to finish it in two school years instead of finishing it in one. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Curriculum is a tool, not a rule. It is a tool for you to use as the parent 
to help your child learn about the world and to grow and to grow in curiosity um, and to become a critical thinker. There's all kinds of really great things you can get from curriculum if you allow it to work for your child instead of making your child work for the curriculum. Um, keep in mind that whatever you pick your first year, you will most likely tweak or shift from sometimes within that first year and sometimes, you know, a year or two later. So don't go and buy, you know, like two years of curriculum or anything like that. Just start small because you don't know your kids yet. And I think even if you have been a classroom teacher, you have never taught your children at home, right? There is a, there's a massive difference between being in a classroom with 20 to 30 kids and, you know, having to figure out what they've all, how they've all comprehended and what they know. And there's a massive difference between that and being at home with your three or four or five children and in teaching them in a home environment that's more relaxed and more peaceful. So even, like I said, even if you've been a classroom teacher, I still think that you're going to find that teaching your children at home is just very, very, very different. And so know that whatever you pick your first year, you will most likely shift away from. You are you will most likely be like, okay, well, we liked this piece of it. <laughs> or we liked this part, but maybe there's something better for us. And then to go along with that, I would say please do not force a curriculum if it isn't working. My twins started a um a curriculum at the beginning of this past school year called Famous Men of Rome. I was so excited about it. And we've done, we had we've done ancient history in the past and they loved ancient history and ancient Rome. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to learn all this really cool stuff. And they were just not in it. It's a fantastic curriculum. They were just mentally just, it just, it wasn't clicking for them. It wasn't working. And so there's no point in beating your head on a wall. You, if it's not working, table it, find something better, do something different. You don't, half to finish all the curriculum, which is really hard, especially as a homeschool mom, because you've most likely invested money into this curriculum. So you, you want to finish it. You're like, no, 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 I paid for that. But table it. Maybe you'll use it for one of your younger children coming along. Maybe in a year or two, it will suddenly be the right fit. But the point of education is not to just check things off because you've purchased them or to just check boxes off because someone in some board of education somewhere at the state says that this is what they're supposed to learn at a certain age. That's not the point of education, right? That idea doesn't point back to those big picture goals we talked about last week. So don't force a curriculum if it isn't working. Um, and then the other big thing I would encourage you to attempt to do, and it's difficult at times, um, is to drop some of the worldly thoughts and worldly expectations. So 
by that, I do, one of the things I mean that I've talked a significant amount about rather at this point is the whole, the whole checklist idea. And just, you know, if your curriculum comes with a a checklist of what you're supposed to do every day and that pace doesn't work for your family or for your child, you don't have to, you don't have to go that pace, right? Um, or the worldly expectation that you're, you're supposed to check off certain things at certain times. Um, I'll give you a really good example of that. So my daughter is finishing up, just finished up her eighth grade year. And she did algebra last year in seventh grade. And it was hard. It was hard for her because it took a lot of perseverance and it took a lot of hard work. But she did so good. At the end of the year, she had like a 93 or a 94 in the class. Like she was doing a 94%. Like she was doing really good. And we got to the end of the year and we got to the final test. And there were just a lot of things that she felt like. She said, Mom, she said, I just don't, I don't know it as much as I feel like I should to go to the next level and to build on it. And I thought that was so, I was so proud of her for coming to that realization. It was such a mature perspective. And so what we did is we bought another workbook and we, we did the whole algebra curriculum again this year. And she just took her final test actually yesterday. And she said to me when she finished it, she's like, mom, that wasn't fun to repeat the exact same thing over again. She's like, but man, I just, I know it now. And she said, I am so glad we took that second year to go through algebra and to really just do it again. And so by the world standards, she got an A in seventh grade doing algebra one. But that's, but what was best for her was to repeat algebra, to get a really solid foundation. If she were in a public school and got an A in a class and I, as the teacher, requested her to repeat the class, I'm pretty sure everyone would have looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what? She got an A. She doesn't need to repeat it. And that's what I mean by worldly expectations. Worldly expectation is that if you get an A in something, then then you know it really well and you're a really good student and you can go on to the next level and you're ready and and you're you know, ready for the next challenge. And, and that's, that's not what that means at all. So the whole worldly expectations, we just, we just have to completely walk away from and do what is best for our child. The other big worldly expectation, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, is um, is the phrase like "my kid is ahead" or "my kid is behind." Okay, can we just can we just stop with that because um, that's not reality. Reality is that the Lord God created us. We are all uniquely and wonderfully made to do an exact purpose with exact giftings that he has given us. 
and to put us into, to put humans, especially human children into boxes and say like, well, you've checked everything off in the third grade box, even though you're in second grade. So you're ahead or you're in sixth grade, but you, you haven't checked off all the sixth grade boxes things. So you're, you're behind. Okay. That is ridiculous. And the idea of that actually points us so far away from God's, God's purpose in creating us. We can't tell our children that they are uniquely and wonderfully created. And then in the same breath, tell them that they're either ahead or behind. Because then, you know, the behind, then that implies, well, maybe they, they weren't uniquely and wonderfully created. Well, I'm, I'm behind, so maybe maybe God made a mistake on me, right? We, we give them that mindset when we say those things. Or if they're ahead, we're, we're giving, we're implying to them that they are maybe ahead of or, quote, better than someone else. And no... No, no, they're not. If they start reading a little bit faster or they do math at a faster rate, it doesn't mean they're they're better than or ahead of anyone else because someone else who maybe doesn't do math as well does something else amazingly and wonderfully and uniquely that is better than, that is, you know, quote, better than your child. So this whole idea of ranking our children needs to stop because we are instilling in them that A, they are either better than someone else or B, they are not good enough. And both of those, both of those point our children away from being uniquely and wonderfully made. Both of those concepts point our children away from scripture. And that's that's not what we want as Christian moms that are educating our children at home. That's, that's not what we want at all. We want to point our children to scripture. And when you teach them, just it, even if they hear you say the words, if he, they hear you say, you know, little Tommy is ahead for his age. He files that. He hears that. He files it away. And just that one thought points him away from scripture. And we have got to get away from that idea altogether when it comes to educating our children. And um, we have to teach our kids to get away from that too, because if they've spent any amount of time in the public school system, that's how it all is. It's all like ranking, right? There's like the advanced class and then there's the kids who get pulled out for speech. And then there's, you know, it's just, we just do. And I know, I know a lot of that is designed to serve kids where they're at, but also it does very much file children into like a ranking system. And I, I just, I, I did not like it when I was in school. I did not like it when I was a teacher and I did not like it when my children were in school. And I'm working very hard now when I have my children at home to walk away from that idea and just let each of them be who God created them to be. My daughter needed two years for algebra one to solidify. That's how God created her. She is a creative. <laughs> she is good at drawing and art and she's expressive. She's a ballerina. She's not going to be an engineer and need loads and loads of complicated math. So it's okay. 
I have another one coming up that is likely to be an engineer. And so, and I can already see it. He's already like, he's going, I would say, quote, faster than the, than the rate of, of math curriculum. You know, there's a curriculum, the curriculum is written basically for like a year long. Right. And he finishes what is, what is designed by the curriculum company to be a year, he can finish it in about mm, eight or nine months. He just picks it up faster. That doesn't mean he's ahead. It just means God uniquely and wonderfully wired his brain to be more mathematical than his sisters. There's nothing wrong with that. And we talk about that a lot in our family that those are your gifts and that's really awesome. And I can't wait to see what God did with you in that or, or does with you in your life with those skills. So those are just the worldly expectations I think are, are things we have to stop thinking. And very specifically, they're things we have to stop saying in front of our children so that they don't start ranking themselves against other children, because I think that points them away from scripture. So when it comes to curriculum specifically, things I avoid personally in our home, these are things we avoid. We avoid lots of worksheets. We avoid lots of busy work. We avoid lots of fill in the blank. We avoid lots of um, like written comprehension questions that are like, on what day did Susie go to school in the chapter? You know, we 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 just we avoid all of that. Um, those things don't work for my children. In my opinion, those things are all trying to recreate school at home. And um, we have tried those things and we have beat our heads on walls and they just, they don't work. So we walked away from those things. I have friends that those things have worked for. So don't, when you go to pick your curriculum, don't, don't just avoid it because I do. Think through your children and what is best for them and what will bring your family a peaceful environment. So this is just my personal advice. I avoid anything that is like lots of just busy work. Um, I also avoid specifically anything that feels like it's replicating school. I just don't, it's not a good fit for our family. Um, I personally feel like learning should be more creative. And I feel like a lot of the like replicating school stuff ends up taking some creativity out of our children's lives. And so that's just a personal preference. Um, we, uh, another thing we avoid is online classes. It's just not a good fit for our family. We like to have more freedom to go outside or go to a park. If it's a nice day, we don't want to be like, Oh, we have an online class at one o'clock this afternoon. Bummer. Like we prefer to have more flexibility and freedom. So we avoid online classes. Also, I don't particularly love my children staring at a screen, watching someone teach, just a personal preference. Um, but I know people that do online classes and it works very well for them. It's just a personal preference. Um, my personal favorites, and I'm saving this for the very end of the podcast because um, I, I didn't want to be here and just be an advertisement for these companies. These are the companies that have become a very good fit for my family. Um, some of these we are still using. Some of these we have taken a break from. 
some years they work great and then other years we're like, oh, let's do something different. And there's nothing wrong with it. We just took a break from it and decided to do something different. So here are our personal favorites in our family. For history, we absolutely love Story of the World. Technically, it is an elementary curriculum, but I am using it for also middle school and a little bit of high school history. There's very easy ways um, with extra reading or comprehension um, to expand the learning and make it more in-depth for older children. I love the way Story of the World is written. It's fantastic to read. It's fun to learn. And um, I just it's just a really, really fabulous curriculum. We have also used master books for history. Very good. Nothing wrong with master books. We have taken a break from using their history, but we have used it and have enjoyed it. They have quite a few um, geography programs that that look really cool. Haven't personally tried them yet. Um, for science, we um, the the two companies that I have found to be just very very solid biblically are Apologia and Masterbooks. We've used them both. We've liked them both. When I used during during the years, we used both of those. Um, I didn't do either one full out. There were pieces I left out of both of them because they weren't the best fit for our family. But if you're looking for a place to start with really sound, solid, biblical science, um, I my recommendation would be to start with Apologia or Masterbooks. For math, I have a personal love for Matthew C., but I know people that don't love it. Um, I have met Mr. Deme, who um, is the CEO of the company, and he's just fantastic. And um, I really believe in the mission behind the company. And I've really seen how the the younger levels really build um, and set you up for success for the, the harder levels. Um, he's It's just a very, very, in my opinion, it's a very fantastic math curriculum. And it's worked really well for my children. It's hands-on. It's visual. Um, and it's just been a really good fit for our family. When we were doing handwriting, which we're no longer doing, we really liked handwriting without tears. And then the other big curriculum that we very consistently use is we use IEW and we use their thematic units. And um, that's for writing. It's Inter Institute for Excellence in Writing. And we've just had a lot of success with their writing. Um, it's very well done. Very, very solid writing program to... Um, to teach your kids really just some of the, the skills and the, the concepts that go into writing. So those are just our personal favorites. Some other companies, some other things I've used, Beautiful Feet Books. Um, I have one of their curriculums that we are going to do this next year, and I've looked through it at length, and it's they really are just beautiful books. It's very much like a Charlotte Mason kind of style. Um, that's a really fun one to look into. And then we have done one unit from Campfire Curriculum to kind of check out unit studies. And we do enjoy unit studies. That has been a fun um, supplement for our family. I know people that use Campfire Curriculums 100%. In our house, we're just kind of using it as a supplement. So it's, it is up to you to, to decide, you know, what's best for your family. Um, so those are just our our personal favorites. Um, those are things that we have 
found success with over the last few years. There have been things we've used that we've completely dropped at this point because either, you know, my children have grown out of it or it wasn't the best fit for us at the time. So I say all that to say that when it comes to curriculum, I think we can get frozen and stuck sometimes when we see like all the options. If you start, if you start researching all the options, you're, it's going to take years. You're just going to be frozen. You're going to be stuck. And so I would recommend finding someone, you know, that has homeschooled and that is in a good place with their homeschooling and ask them what they're doing and ask them why, why does that curriculum work for you? And just pick a place to start. I think the hardest piece is just getting started. It's just deciding and starting. There is no perfect curriculum. There is no one that is the best and it's better than everything else, but there is something out there that is the best for your family. And you will not mess up your children if you pick one that turns out to not be the best fit, you won't, you can't, you won't mess them up. It is okay. If you have a whole year at the end of the year and you're like, okay, so that curriculum didn't work. Let's try something different. So it is a big decision, but don't let it paralyze you. Pick a place to start. Don't second guess yourself. Make sure what you're picking lines up with those big picture goals to start with and see how it goes. And as you get into it, you will change things and you'll leave things out and you'll add things in and you'll, you'll be creative and it'll be great because it'll end up being what is the best fit for your family. All right. If you have any other questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Feel free to reach out and ask questions. And, um, I will be praying for you as you pick out curriculum and pick out a plan for your family to get started next year. Bye-bye.